seems like now Zach Hines is emerging as a security blanket. You know, I don't want to tab him as that because I think he just took the guy that he felt he had a good matchup with. Yeah. But, I mean, it's no secret, you and I, who did he go to? <laughs> I think USD should fold anyway, but... This is the Splitting Hairs Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I think this is probably the most complete defense we're going to see. You mentioned Tolu, and so we haven't talked about this yet, but I love what we're doing with this NASCAR package where we're shifting Tolu inside. And so it's Tolu and Sanders over the guards, and then Winkleman and Hicks at the end spots. A lot of that, I think, is a function of his ability, right? His just innate ability to to cut and extend plays. And But early on in a couple of the early series, definitely some good blocking attributed to that as well. Yeah, the tourist destination of Carbondale. <laughs> um, now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. It's Kyle, as always, and joining me is Dallas, filling in for Matt. Matt's tending to some more important, <laughs> some more important opportunities right now uh, with his ob- obligations that he's got with church. So uh, we're honoring him with that, and we're going to rock and roll, and hopefully he'll join in with us. Dallas, how are you feeling this Sunday? I'm doing good. Uh, my my heart rate is back down to normal. Uh, it was a little questionable there for a bit on on Saturday. Uh, I actually, I got to admit, I, I had to turn it away, uh, with about five minutes left. I couldn't take it. I, and actually I think it must've been good luck. Cause that's about when things started to turn around. So there you go. You got a little, <laughs> you got some idiosyncrasies there. You got to step away, count to 10, go for a yep. walk. Yep. Got it. But, uh, you know, the, the, the sun came up and, and Jack Rabbits came away with the win. Uh, really Doug Stiggs post-game press conference, like the messaging there. You know, I, I think he put a lot of stuff. Well, you, you, you said he put a lot in perspective, I think. Yeah, yeah, I thought, thought so. Too. Yeah, he he sticks sometimes uh, is it's like he's antsy and ready to just kind of get out of there, which I can imagine doing about nine thousand interviews and post game teleconferences and weekly updates that that it can kind of drag along. Um, but yeah, he definitely seemed like he hit stride. He was happy because you know, a win in the valley is a win in the valley. It's it's not an easy task no matter who you're playing. So I'm sure that felt good. And a lot of times, you know, Stig's background is in math, right? He's a mathematician uh, by trade. So I think he recognizes that in games where you escape with the victory and it kind of feels like that, where wins can count as wins, but feel like losses. I think there's a lot to learn from that. Um, You know, we can get into it uh, here, but I think we would have liked to seen uh, guys be a little healthier on the day, especially at some, some critical positions, but Um, All in all, I think there's a lot to learn. I think there's a lot to take away in a positive note from that, being that the guys fought through a gritty win, really. Um, You know, some some weekends in Dallas, you've played, so you've felt it, you've experienced it. Some weekends, one side of the ball is going to be rocking and rolling and feeling it and going to get turnovers, create turnovers, stuff the run, stuff the pass, whatever the case may be. Um, The offense may be well-oiled and be able to you know take their pick of the litter at what they want to do to a defense but on saturday it seemed a little bit like uh you know defense had the upper hand in terms of productivity um and it was able to really help us get that w so what, what was your takeaway from overall kind of looking at it they did and it was one of those those games again where you you felt like if the momentum had swung a little bit early there would have been a whole lot of a different outcome you know and and that just doesn't always happen and i was so happy to honestly just see coming away with the win because I think in past years and some past teams, that's not a game we would have won. That would have been, you know, in, in, a, in a year where maybe we drop, drop one to NDSU and then there, there's a second game that we dropped that we had no business losing. Uh, you know, it just would kind of get away from us. But uh, I tell you what, that is a, a polished professional bunch. They just go to work. Uh, it, it was It was good to see for sure. Definitely. And I think that that's a testament to the fortitude of, of a young quarterback offensively, right? You know, cards are, are stacked against us there on the, the final drive to knock down the go-ahead field goal. We're at a third and 11, and you go to a guy you hadn't gone to all day. You know, you find your – it seems like now 
Zach Hines is emerging as a security blanket. You know, I don't want to tab him as that because I think he just took the guy that he felt he had a good matchup with. Yeah. But, I mean, it's no secret, you and I, who did he go to uh, on some crucial drives, uh, specifically the game winner in that in that uh, matchup too. So I think yeah. you're starting to see a, you know, secure hands of, of Zach start to emerge. And then obviously he's a mismatch. He's a, he's a matchup nightmare with that length, especially against – kind of, you know, albeit rangy bodies, those three, four linebackers are very hybrid type DB type linebacker bodies, but that's, that's a tough cover for anyone. Yeah, it is. And, but he, man, he plays, I don't know how, how you can be six, seven and play bigger than that, but man, he does. And, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm enjoying watching him develop. I cannot wait. Uh, God, he's a weapon. I've got a buddy that's never watched any Missouri Valley football. You know, he's, he's a power five guy. And obviously now they're the only games on and he's, he's enjoying watching it. And that's even before those catches, he's talking about, man, that 87 you got, he is a beast. Just watching him fold down the line. Yeah. Uh, big, big things come from him. Yeah. Definitely. I think that, you know, as we get deeper into the season, you start to find your identity offensively too. We've been talking in the text thread. It seems as though, in years past when we may have sprinkled in multiple touches to multiple guys, specifically from the running back position, looks like right now we may feel as though our strength is obviously Pierre, but through the air as well. You know, guys like both Jaden and Jackson making huge, huge plays, really getting whatever they want uh, in terms of route running, being able to break off whatever they want on defenses. You know, even Saturday, that was a bright spot. I would say guys were flashing open, I mean, they were open pretty consistently at, at moments where the proper play was called, right? We had corners a couple times, uh, corner routes a couple times with our tight ends, both Blake Coons uh, and then also Zach Hines, and we just missed them, uh, just missed them. We're a little off on our timing. Uh, Jaden uh, coming on a crossing route, going into the south end zone where the band is, uh, specifically remember once was missed by Mark. Uh, a lot of the shorter intermediate throws when Mark is checking down either to a back or trying to get it, get it away late. Uh, he's got to kind of tighten up his accuracy on some of that stuff, but you know, three, four defenses uh, ultimately are, are, they're odd, right? It's an odd man front. You got the three down linemen, uh, interior defensive linemen They're The base front is sometimes called Oki. Um, there's an under when you have the, the strong side backer walked up on the attached tight end. For folks who don't know, um, there's also the three-three-five stack that they were throwing at us a little bit, um, <clears throat> which can confuse a lot of young quarterbacks um, because there's a lot of moving pieces. So identifying pre-snap who's coming, who's not, can be difficult. But I think what you're seeing too is, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of high school programs are starting to run more of the three-four, three-three-five type defenses because it's a lot easier to teach a kid to just kind of play with some chaos and go all over the place and do whatever, do whatever they can to disrupt the play as opposed to teaching them how to read blocking schemes, how to take it on. Just what happens when you teach young kids, you got young kids, the more you throw at them, the more they slow down, the more they second guess themselves, the more they doubt themselves. So I think, you know, I'm not sure what Mark saw uh, in high school, the defenses, but now he's seeing Valley defenses and now he's seen them multiple times. Um, and he's seen what you and I threw at him, but he had a ton of time to prep, right? Yeah. Tons of preparation time, tons of time to make everything slow down, have the game come to him. And then, you know, when you're young like that too, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know what to be overwhelmed with. So the moment didn't seem too big for him, but also the moment didn't seem too big for him on Saturday with that finishing drive. So yeah. there's definitely some growing pains that, that he experienced, but I think overall it's a win. So it's a big, uh, you know, you're able to take your lumps and bruises, but uh, the sting doesn't carry as far, right? Because we're still, we still got something to play for. Yeah, hundred percent. As far as as Mark goes in his performance, uh, you're right. I think the fact that he can finish strong like that, you know, speaks volumes to to him, his character, who he is as a player. Uh, he didn't look uncomfortable per se for most of the game, and I haven't gone back and rewatched, but. He definitely wasn't comfortable to the point where he was. He 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 looked. Uh, he wasn't picking anything apart, right? He wasn't to the point where he knew uh, when he really hits a stride. You can tell he knows where he's going right away. Uh, you know, thank goodness the the O line played like they did and, and bought him some time there a bunch. Uh, but he just he just never quite settled in, and there was there was something 
that just perplexed them. Again, I, th- I think it was a lot with those five defensive back sets that right. bring it out. Yeah, um, and, they, and, and you can run split field coverages, right, with that, which a lot of people don't know. You can run like um, – you can run like – cloud coverage to one side and then you can have quarters on the other side so you're running like a kind of a covered two um or or if you have like a an even shell like a like a cover three man shell over top that's kind of easy historically to pick apart four threes with you know with the man coverage and just run a one high safety but two high safeties like that too with a three three five stack you can kind of walk one up more towards the line of scrimmage and you got eight to nine in the box it's just it's it's very difficult. It really is very difficult. That's why you saw Pierre bouncing it a lot too, because what was happening is the lot the linebackers were committing, so they were committing to their run lanes, and then and then it was just kind of forming that way, and he was using his ability to bounce it. Um, but early, I thought we were gashing them. The O line I thought did bet did a better job with their run blocking early. I think their pass blocking overall I thought was pretty pretty exceptional. The yes. one. Set- the one sack they got, they just got lucky bringing a field blitz. So blitzing to the field and we happen to be rolling out that way or booting that way. So, um, you know, sometimes they're going to, they're going to make the right chess move and that's going to happen, but I'll kind of want to go through some of the rants and raves here quick. Um, and then we can kind of put a cap on Youngstown and move on to, uh, Southern Illinois. Okay. But, uh, hold, hold on. We, we've got, we've got one question from uh, okay. Mr. Ben, ben Pearson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wants to know if USD should quit uh, fold their football program altogether after losing to MSU at home. <laughs> Man, that's uh, it's an interesting question. Um, I I saw. <laughs> I think USD should fold anyway, but um, <laughs> I think that uh, after watching some of that, some of the highlights and replays of that. MSU's got some skill players, man. Now they they were coming to play, and you know everybody's been bagging on them for a while. Uh, and you know I think I, I'd like to give their athletic department credit because they were able to get a lot of uh, games. They got three games in in the fall. Um, you know, amidst all the chaos, to be able to knock out three games to test your team to give them an opportunity to play, you're getting to retain all your your eligibility. So that's like an extended fall fall camp with like really, I don't want to say meaningless games, but very meaningful games for your coaching staff. You're trying to install your, your schemes offensively and defensively. You're trying to evaluate your players. Uh, you're trying to see how they compete. You're trying to test their metal against, you know, FBS competition. Obviously they're the only ones that went in the fall. Um, so I thought it was incredible um, to see what they did. Uh, I, you know, and I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. It was pretty nice to see a little salt get rubbed into the wounds when they were opening up their new renovations for the basketball arena there. Um, so let's get to these rants and rants. Thanks for the question, Ben. Thanks for the question. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And actually a uh, quick housekeeping. I thought it was worth bringing up yeah. that uh, for, you know, m- most folks, we get a handful of, uh, well, quite a few rewatches on, on Facebook, but we are uh, streaming on Facebook. A team goes about eight o'clock to eight fifteen on Sunday nights. And the B team goes uh, about eight fifteen or so on Tuesday night. So if you if you're listening on Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, you know anywhere you normally get podcasts, if you ever want to uh, check us out live and be able to pop in some questions, uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Excellent. Yeah, that's a great little plug right there because we do this and uh, we would do it anyway because we enjoy talking ball and breaking down the film and in the performances, but it's nice when you guys want to join us and, and weigh in and ask questions and stuff like that. So, uh, and thanks to Dallas for doing all the edits and, and obviously getting these questions filtered in here and, and just doing all the producer stuff you do. You're, you're, uh, you're excellent. And thanks for, uh, thanks for letting, letting us borrow him, Ben. <laughs> I know Brendan was a little salty, he, but it's cool. The dark side has more allure. It does. It really does. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, one, sorry, one other thing we need yeah. a chance to bring up. Uh, this weekend coming up, you and yeah. I hanging out in Carbondale, Illinois. Oh, yeah. The tourist destination of Carbondale. <laughs> um, I'll be, uh, be staying at the, uh, what is it, home? home you got stay. the home. Home to something or another. I I actually am going Best Western. But, uh, yeah, I got got our room booked, too. I'm pulling out all the stops, you know. I got to. Uh, (laughs) But, no, I'm I'm excited, man. I haven't seen the Jacks play since uh, game day in 2019. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to be able to hit the road, get away, you know. Um, 
see some some uh, some ball again, return to some sense of normalcy. So it'll be exciting. Um, what are, what are you looking forward to other than the W? Yeah, other than the W, uh, I mean, not uh, from a non football standpoint. I'm excited to see a stadium I've never seen before because I'm yeah, uh, you know, you get to see new college town, experience that, uh, and you know, really beyond that, it, it's the test. One, how do you respond after a game where just things didn't click? Stig in the press conference kept kept talking about needing to play 60 minutes, needing to play 60 minutes, right? Because they've had flashes, but they just haven't been there. So now you take a game that, you know, on paper you should have won by three scores uh, and didn't. You know, every, every phase faltered a little bit here and there. Now you got to collect that, go on a fairly lengthy road trip, and, and play a team that looks like they're the real deal. Yeah, most definitely. And we'll get into that when we talk more about, you know, their roster and, and some of the nice things they've been able to do this year. Um but yeah, I, I'm, I couldn't be more excited to go support the team. And obviously that's just another aspect of us trying to build some, some excitement around Jackrabbit football and really be kind of a force multiplier because South Dakota State until about the past 10, 15 years or so obviously hasn't uh, had as prominent of a, of a showing on the gridiron as uh, some of the other schools that we're competing with. And then now being a part of you know, the consistent conversation for a national title run is uh, is now starting to be the expectation. So that's what I think some of the cool things are as far as the direction and the trajectory of the program. So um, but just to uh, finish up on these rants and raves uh, before we get into uh, weekly awards and then talk about SIU, um, we talked a little bit about it. But Mark's accuracy, I think, could could have been uh, improved a little bit as far as raves or rants go um some of the passes sailed uh, those are a function probably of you know unsettled footwork in some of the rewatches the follow through on the pass and almost looked unsure uh in comparison with like some of the throws he made at north dakota where he's taking a shot and delivering a ball like beauty beauty type passes uh outside of that um, I think the O-line could do a little bit better at getting a second level running the ball um, as far as a rant would go uh, so we can establish more of a consistent run game. I think coaches um, trusting, not that they don't trust, but trusting the run game a little bit more in situational play calling, going to the well more than once again with consistent run plays, I think would be nice just to, because that, that starts to get really tiring and wear on a defense. But again, maybe our strength may be um, through the air because you're definitely seeing uh, nice, clean, neat pockets created by the by the 605 Hogs there. And then to that point of the 605 Hogs, a nice reserve uh, lineman, John Grutzmacher, coming through clutch Dallas with the uncanny ability to uh, just line up and do some short snapping there on the PAT field goal unit, um, but also when – when it was most crucial, what it, what was going through your mind when you, when you heard that, saw that, watched it? Well, you know, Matt was pretty blunt, uh, as blunt as you can be in rants and raves and, and called it roster negligence. It, you know, it's pretty tough not to wonder how you end up in that situation. And again, not that, uh, not that I've ever had to do that or plan for that. So, so let, let's be honest, but man, it, it, it makes you nervous for sure. But uh, kudos to him for coming through. Yeah, I mean, you just do what you can with what you've got, and uh, I think you trust guys. I, I would like to be a little bit more conservative with my roster as well. If I know that, I'm pulling – I mean, we've got linebackers for days. That's kind of how we build our defensive roster, right? Yep, 100%. Um, so I would like to have seen, especially when red shirts aren't on the table this year, I'm sure you've got a guy dressed. Let's go ahead and prepare for that. Let's make sure our special teams coaching staff um, is, is starting to kind of keep an eye on our roster and the depth, and, you know, to their, to, to give them some acknowledgement too. the chaos of this season has got to be unmatched. Like, but we, you got to kind of prepare for that. There's sudden change all the time in football that you prepare for. So at some point it's just got to be second nature to prepare for the inevitable. Um, and, you know, hopefully along the lines, we're, we're still human. We hope that Mott's go and, um, Mueller are okay. Right. I, hopefully yeah. they're not like devastating injuries. Hopefully they're just some bumps and bruises and they can get back out there because I would really not like to see one phase of scoring completely in question, uh, because of our long snapping. I think, I think Rutzmacher will get it done. Um, if he's called into it, but that's four deep, right? Because Brady Sorensen opted out 
at the beginning of the year, and uh, that limited our depth right away. And Brady's obviously a two-time All-American at the position. Um, it's very second nature for him. He puts in a lot of work. So it'll be yeah, interesting what? to see, but uh, I don't know. No, we'll, we'll have to check with Matt uh, if he's able to join us here tonight because he's the one with the insider information. Hopefully he's heard that uh, those guys are okay and it's you know nothing, nothing lasting. Definitely. And then obviously the big question mark would be the, the health of Pierre. Um, not, not really even going into this. I mean, going into this week, we're going to need him and we'll get into that, but um, more specifically for the rest of his career. Cause you know, that's, he, he's, uh, he's obviously coming back from, from injury last year, got banged up towards the end of the season. And then, uh, you know, we've just been bit with the injury bug here, it seems like, but you know, it's the war of attrition, especially, in this spring season. So that's, yeah. uh, it's kind of strange. It is. And you, you got to be able to, you know, turn around on a very, very short rest here yeah. uh, o- over the summer. So, I mean, I, I know the coach has got that in the back of their minds too. Glad that um, I'm sorry, uh, freshman, freshman running back, Kyle. Isaiah Davis. Looks like, uh, Davis. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, glad he's looking the way he does. Definite yeah. change up in the running style. Enjoying that. One thing uh, going back to Pierre though, a couple of his jump cuts. I wow. if South if South Dakota had more than one area code, he would have changed area codes on a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, Very you're not gracious. kidding. His shiftiness is so second nature. It's so smooth in and out of cuts, and then his ability to accelerate almost looks like he's on ice skates. It's so smooth. There's no jarring. Yeah. There's no jar to it. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like he's struggling to cut and then to pick them up and put them back down. So that's, I mean, you always got to appreciate that. Uh, it's like poetry in motion when you see it. And that's a good point. Um, so that would be a nice little rave too, because we should mention that he eclipsed the hundred yard mark for the first time this season uh, on uh, 20 carries. He went for buck 24. And uh, so, you know, that's like a, a little over a hair over a hair, uh, a hair over <laughs> five, five yards per carry, which is really nice. Um, a lot of that, a lot of that, I think, is a function of his ability, right? His just innate ability to to cut and extend plays, and but early on in a couple of the early series, definitely some good blocking attributed to that as well. Another another uh, rant uh, that we had uh, here, just to, to cap off that after a rave, um, Matt uh, discussed a little bit of the offensive play calling. You know, we kind of touched on that. I think. I think we can get into a position to maybe, I, I don't know. I, so, sometimes I think it's a, it's a product of missing what we've, what we've got. Cause again, we were in, we were behind the sticks and it, for those of you just listening um, who are just Jack's fans, maybe not familiar with football, getting behind the sticks, you know, you're throwing an incomplete pass on first down your second and 10, maybe get two yards on your second down play run play. Um, and then your third and long, right. Or you're, third and five it seemed like we were third and five and longer for a lot of our drives uh, on Saturday with the exception of our early drives Um, and I think a lot of that um, again could be attributed to just not feeling settled with what what Mark was seeing out there not being maybe as confident and taking what we had uh, to take and you know I think uh, I think it's a good learning learning experience to be able to evaluate that film and then see those areas you can exploit in defenses that are similar, right? Cause we're going to see a uh, much, much more similar defense again here with Southern Illinois running kind of the multiple package, the Oki front in um, the, e- the Eagle front as I'm, as I'm familiar with the three, four, you know, talking about play calling uh, back to that quick, that's another thing Stig brought up in the post game presser that uh, he addressed that pretty directly that obviously, you know, four for four for going down and scoring, looking fantastic. Oh, we got Matt joining us here in a minute. Uh, You know, going uh, on those initial, initial drives and then things falling apart. And and I like the way, again, that Stig addressed that and just uh, discussed kind of picking that apart and saying, okay, specifically on this drive, what happened? Why did we get stalled out here? What happened on this one play? You know, and trying to, demystify what what might be happening with the offense as things kind of tend to to unwind and just lose their momentum as the game goes on yeah and and hopefully it's not a function of of the guys feeling like oh man this is going to be easy and kind of i guess resting or or sitting back on their heels and kind of coasting i I don't think it is but i don't get that feel at all 
Nah, but it. But I think adjusting though. I think men- mentally adju- adjusting after the fact to what they're throwing, like it, it's it's literally like a hot knife through butter. The way we've we've come at teams with our first couple drives, right? I think we overwhelm them with our speed and our athleticism. But then I think once these teams have started to see what we're what we're doing, they maybe throw a lot, they throw a lot more at us, um, and we've just not been able to find our stride in making our own adjustments, whether it be um, adjustments from the players in executing or even uh, situational play calling. So I understand uh, where you're coming from there. I think it'll get ironed out this week as well, because now this will be the third team uh, we've seen that's got a multiple D de- a multiple de- look defense and is an odd front defense. So what's up, Matt? Thanks hey, for joining guys. us. Yeah, thanks. Glad, yeah. glad to be here. I, I hope you're right with the Lord and then you know he's <laughs> he's shining down on the jacks because he uh, he gave us a great dub so that must that must be because of you going to church did you not I, I'm on church council folks so love it uh, had to had to attend a church council business so here we that's are good, man yeah I'm just giving you a hard time that's excellent I'm glad <laughs> uh, I'm glad you're doing that with your community and stuff like that and um, obviously again, seriously, maybe, maybe that helped, uh, favor the Jacks this weekend because they needed it. They needed every little bit of good favor. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so Matt, we're on, we're on rants and raves. Um, you want to take, take over with, uh, what would you think about Quentin's play on, uh, on Saturday? Oh man, it was so good to see him finally get a sack. Uh, we've been commenting for, for the three previous weeks that, golly, he's just a half step, you know, multiple times in the game. And and against Youngstown, he started out that way, too. He was just whipping that tackle, oh, yeah. um, beating him on the edge. And uh, then, you know, he finally got that sack. And you can kind of see just like, I mean, he's always happy when he gets sacks. Um, but, man, it just felt like just a release, like, God, I got that monkey off my back. The first one's out of the way. Um, let's go. And, I mean, he had tackles for loss. Again, he kept pressuring. Uh, that tackle just didn't have a chance. Uh, I don't know if you saw the clip um, that I tagged Quentin in earlier this week, um, but uh, Ben Fennel posted some clips of uh, Ravens oh, yeah. from NDSU yeah. Uh, yeah. getting beat, and one of them was just, oh, he just cooking him. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I made sure that Ben knew who he was. Uh, Quentin Hicks, is that you? So Yeah. And for those of you who don't know who are just listening to this and they're trying to figure out who we're talking about because he doesn't play for Youngstown, the North Dakota State uh, draft prospect who put up really, really good numbers at his pro day, which would have been, um, you know, top fives in, in a lot of statistical categories. Quentin was basically eating his lunch, his breakfast and his dinner. Um, and so, some of his pass rush moves. So that's that's always excellent to see. You love to see it. As, as a true freshman last year, first yeah. year with his hand in the dirt. Yeah, yeah. So um, he'll have some question marks when he goes up against guys like Chandler Jones and folks like that at the next level. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing on Quentin's, on the Ranson Raves, that I, I gave Quentin credit for the blocked kick, mm-hmm. and uh, Mason McCormick was nice enough to point out that it was Ryan Van Marl that blocked Yeah, 58, it. right? Was that 58? I uh, know. Miles ninety something, ninety eight, maybe ninety eight. I could have sworn yeah. someone was wearing like an elbow brace or something, just <laughs> bullied right through the uh, the left guard, left tackle, but right up the middle. You love to see that again. Yeah, love to see it. And and so I don't know if uh, McCormick was being facetious or exaggerating his in his reply, uh, but he said Van Marl had like fifteen in his high school career, so he's happy he finally put it on tape. Which is big as as big as Ryan is. Um, he's our biggest B D tackle. Like it wouldn't shock me if he did. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. Did I tell you I used to be able to throw a ball clear across the mountains? Uh <laughs> clear okay, across Uncle, the mountains. Uncle Rico's in the house. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's I could do it. I could do it. I could just go back. Um, By the way, anybody wondering, uh Van Marl is number ninety-eight. Ninety-eight, there you go. I thought I saw an eight in there. Um it was either him or Caleb Sanders, who also we should give a nod to him, man. He uh, he had tackle for loss. Was being a bully in there. It, it's tough, you know, because pretty much what Youngstown was doing was just off tackle runs, you know, off tackle here, off tackle there, um, quarterback scramble runs, uh, design quarterback runs. Mm-hmm. They they had the runs all day. Um, 
And I'm telling you, man, it's it's like we didn't even have to try to take away. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm feeling good today. I got a lot of vitamin D. It was sunny today. Um, but yeah, it's it was one of those things where you're like, all right, we know what they're gonna do. The defense were, you know, again, den of thieves, right? It's just stealing the ball left and right. Josh Manchigaya playing incredibly again. Uh, you know, really, and his his tackling has really improved. Actually, I did want to give a nod to that. A couple times I saw him come up and feel pretty good. Um, is along the lines of the last uh, last little, just I would say rant that I have would be, and I think you may have put this in here too. Um, yeah, tackling tackling could could have definitely improved at the level of the LBs and uh, and and. But I do think that our corners, like one of your one of your raves, was our corner play and their tackling mm-hmm. ability was really really good. I mean, Malik, his coverage, his pick was great. You didn't even hear from their receivers. Um, and then obviously Don Gardner comes up and fills like a safety a lot of times. It is. I I wanted to throw that that rant in there though, talking about tackling and defensive backs. And I get it depends on the, the scheme that you're playing. But anytime you look at the top tacklers and three of the top five are DBs. Yeah. I, that God, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then with the missed tackles, um, I mean, we love him for his speed and his energy that he brings. Uh, but just watching it live, I was I was somewhat disappointed with Stallbird. Um, and I don't know if he got dinged up. He did take himself out uh in the second quarter. He was he was tapping his helmet and stuff to get out. Um, after a missed tackle. So I hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a number of moments uh, where that, that shifty back, I mean, McLaughlin's hey, a was, heck of a back. He was a he's good, good back. He yeah. was really good, uh, especially at first. I mean, so he reminded me stylistically a lot of way of Otis Wea, just in terms of we were, we, our run fits were very good on Saturday. We had very good run fits. If you watch the tape, but a couple times I was noticing as far as technique on tackling, our guys were just their head. They were getting too too far extended over their feet and not running their feet. They were almost like their heads were kind of like spearing at them. Hmm. Um, and that's it just it's like they were either going for a kill shot or trying to bring the bring the wood. But just stay under your feet, run your feet. Um and then, you know, you can clean some of that stuff up and that's going to be pivotal. You know, a lot of the, the fundamental stuff, the guys who can carry their fundamentals deeper into a season, especially a season that's only eight, eight games, uh, regular season, that's going to be, uh, you know, crucial. And our young linebackers are going to have to clean that up real quick. Um, you know, one time I noticed, uh, Tets got caught up in the wash on that, that one long run that, that, uh, McLaughlin had. Um, but other than that, again, the run fits were good. Got to rally tackle better. And, uh, yeah, Dallas, that's a good point. We don't want our DBs, um, unless they're tackles for a loss because we're blitzing. You know, we don't want our DBs leading in tackles. So uh, so moving on, I guess, uh, to – you want to talk about uh, Rave, Matt, about Mason McCormick? Yeah. Uh, so this happened right in front of me in the stands, and so I, I got a perfect view of it. Um, I don't remember the D tackle for, for Youngstown. It was one of their D tackles, but McCormick just completely starfished him on his back, drove him into the ground. <laughs> and I, I don't know if he helped him up or not, but the player got up and like was right in Mason's face and Mason just followed him down uh, to the, to where the ball got, the, you know, the spot and just was in his ear and <laughs> the ref, the ref stepped in. Uh, but Mason turned back, but man, he, he was just checking to see if he was days, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mason was just on him and, and seeing that then throughout the second half, um, I mean, that kid came out and he had a stinger in his back with the medical tent for them was right in front of us. And, uh, he, you know, the med staff put on that glove and dipped their fingers in the sauce and was rubbing it right on those shoulders. And, you know, he didn't want to go back in after Mason was messing with him there. So man, that's like breaking uh, his. I think his pride, his spirit, his soul was hurt. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. I don't know. I don't know what Mason was saying to him, but uh, he let him know what happened there. So that's excellent. He's been consistent all year, so you like to see yeah. that. And and we really need to have, you know, continual improvement, especially in the run game, um, the rest of the year. Because again, uh, before you got on, Matt Dallas and I were talking. It did seem like Mark had pretty clean pockets 
most of the day. You Besides know, those so. corner blitzes that came, you know. Yeah, but that's on the quarterback. You know, I mean, a lot of times it's on the it's a it's an excellent play call. Um, and the one where he was, we talked about, he, it was just an excellent call by Youngstown where he was rolling into it. Um, but other than that, yeah, you, you have a great point here too. I would say on the rave, we only had two penalties on the day. Um, that's really? a hu- huge improvement. Yeah, un- untimely ones, but. Huh. Um, one, well, not necessarily Don's Don was an effort one. He had already committed to try to make the tackle. It was right on the, on the Youngstown state sideline. And I wouldn't have thrown it because if you, but we had the, we have the luxury of seeing replays and slow-mos and stuff like that. But, uh, he had already committed, tackled the guy out of bounds. So clear 15 yard penalty. The other one was, uh, I want to say Zach Hines had a procedural penalty on the third down, uh, going into score which uh, the final play, the final drive of the game offensively for us, but uh, turned out obviously didn't hurt us. You know, if we can eliminate even 50% of that, we're going to be sitting pretty. So, and even so, and I was pretty mad about the Gardner one right away. Yeah. I haven't, re- I haven't rewatched it and saw it yet, but later on in the game, Wade tiptoed along the sidelines and no one popped him. So I'm guessing they were thinking about that Don play a little bit earlier yeah, and I, I I don't know if Wade picked up the first down or if he got right to the sticks. Um, but it it just made me think of that. Like Don wasn't taking a chance that this guy was going to squirt down the sidelines. He yep. he popped him, and uh, yeah, so be he committed. You're right, and, yeah. and where we didn't do that with Wade later in the game, and he either picked up a first down or just got to the sticks. So yeah, did we talk about the long snapper situation? Yeah, weigh in. What do you got? <laughs> I've been to church twice today, and I'm yeah. so angry about it, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. You know, Jaden Mueller getting down the field, I feel for him. I mean, what a great story, true freshman long snapper. Um, you know, no one knew if he'd have the weight to be able to play this year, the body to be able to play. Right. Um, and he's we haven't no we haven't paid any attention to the snaps through three games. So I feel for him. One, two. Um, Motsko did a great job on the punt snaps that he did. He had good velocity getting back to the punter, and then he was down on the field making tackles. Yeah. Um, but you see, coming out of halftime, Jaden Mueller is on crutches with a big brace on his leg. We don't have another long snapper on the roster. <laughs> Get Motsko off of punt return. I even said it before the play. I even turned to my dad and I said, why is Thomas Motzko on punt return dad? Like he's, he's the snapper now and then he gets hurt. So it's my fault. I, I, it's my (laughs) fault. Now we know at least. Yeah, man. I, I'm going to, I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. I don't, I don't think I have, I don't think I feel good about that. So I'll just, I got to move on. On that one, but yes, well put, Matt. We covered it. We covered it. I I wouldn't have. You got to be conservative, man. We don't have eighty-four scholarship athletes, right? We have, uh, I think it's sixty-two that you get at this level. Sixty-two fulls, sixty-three fulls, sixty-three fulls, and the FBS level is eighty-four. I want to say. Um, so with that being said, the depth by sheer nature of numbers and what you can allot on a roster is going to be far far less. So you have to be conservative with your roster management. I guess I'm not pleading the fifth. But anyways. Um. <laughs> so Matt, Matt, have you has there been any information released on, on the health of those two guys? I, I have not seen anything. I mean, uh Mueller's didn't look good. Like with him being on crutches in a in a big leg brace like that so early after. I mean, I'd I did, I never saw Motz go back on the sidelines. Maybe he was at some point. I just didn't see him. So yeah, hopefully they I mean we gotta have someone good to go uh yeah. for this weekend. Um, yeah, but John Gritzmacher, man. Star yeah. of the game right there. Saved the season Definitely. possibly. So. And, and, and some serious redemption because I think maybe he had an unfortunate uh, performance on the field goal unit uh, against North Dakota. Um, so want to give him big, big props there um, for that. And maybe it wasn't him, but uh, I feel like I looked that up. But uh, great, excellent redemption either way. Um, an excellent opportunity to get on the field, right? All these young guys looking at the struggles that we're having currently, it's like, Man, we, you know, we're, we're looking at the roster. You're trying to, we're, 
it's it's kind of like the Vanderbilt kicking situation this year. You're gonna put. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna bring that up and ask if yeah. we needed a, a soccer player to come in and snap. <laughs> hey, you never know. Uh, softball, volleyball, uh, you know, track, basketball, anyone. Can you snap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so get on, getting on the field however you can is an excellent opportunity for him to to get some play. Mm-hmm. The one one last thing, and I don't know if you talked about it. I do want to get Zach Hines more involved in the offense earlier in the game. I mean, we, we've seen what he can do. Uh, you and I was a good game for him, uh, you know, a pretty complete game. Um, and then he just, he's disappeared for the last two, two, uh, two full weeks and three and a half quarters of this game. And so, I mean, he just has to get the ball. We have to figure out a way to get the ball to him. Those intermediate routes uh, across the middle, whatever it may be. He's just a weapon we're not using right now uh, until it matters. So, and that's all, yeah. yeah, no, and it's it, it'll it opens more of your playbook up when you hit the intermediate pass. I I just I really think that I I don't know what's happening there because I'm not in the circles and having those conversations with Mark. But his eyes are downfield; they are downfield, and I love that. Again, you don't want to coach that out of a kid, and I really do think that we get what we whatever we want. Um, but yeah, if we can start to, we got to hit the accuracy has, we've already covered it, but the accuracy has to improve on the short game, short passing game, the flares, you know, the choice, the RB choice routes, the out routes, the little, the flares, all that stuff needs to improve. And I think that your tight end is the easiest way to help that improve because it's a quick, it's just playing catch in the backyard, you know, it's mm-hmm. right, right there, right over center on a quick crosser. And then on that third and eleven that he hit for 38 yards or so to, to Heinz. That was beautiful. That was mm-hmm. the most – that 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 throw right there had the most pressure on it the entire game, and he drops a dime right in the, bu- in the bucket again. So, yeah, I like where we're at. And we talked about it, Matt. The kid to grit that one out and to grit out a win at UNI and then to mm-hmm. obliterate Western Illinois, he's he's just fine. He is yeah. exactly where he needs to go. So let's uh, let's knock out these awards so we can cover SIU because there's definitely some stuff to cover on them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you read the blog, um, what I went with on offense uh, was Mason McCormick. You know, I thought he just had his way. I thought the offensive line as a whole, Kyle, you mentioned this was pretty good again. This is the second week in a row um, our offensive line, I think, has performed pretty well. Uh, last week, actually, uh, uh, the right guard, Greenway, Greenfield, Greenfield, uh, Garrett Greenfield, Garrett was Greenfield the, 70. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Was the Missouri Valley offensive lineman of the week. Um, I think Mason McCormick has a good shot of it. You know, it's, it's yeah. never, it's never easy to tell watching from the TV angle and the angle in the stands that we get. It takes that field shot to really know how the offensive line performs. Um, but I thought he was pretty good. So definitely. Well, who else you got? Who did you uh, yeah. who did you have on defense? So defense, I went with Quentin and Don. Couldn't decide between the two of them. I just thought both. And then special teams, uh, I went with Fromm. You know, if you kick a 52-yard field goal, you're going to get it. Uh, you know, even though he did miss the other field goal, I'm not blaming the extra point on him, really. Uh, that snap was, you know, bouncing on the turf. Um, and then, and then Gr- Gritzmacher you know, comes in and makes that snap. You know, I, I think that's pretty cool. That's a good story. Oh yeah. Excellent. I, I couldn't agree more with those picks. Uh, you know, and the good thing is, is having such a great defensive performance where you create four turnovers, you block a field goal when in reality, you know, field goal block, albeit it is special teams. It's really an extension of your defensive unit. It's all the same personnel. Um, so that was excellent to have to, really go, man, who, who on defense could we give it to, you know, mm-hmm. who on defense really, cause you could go the Barracuda, yeah. you know, two straight weeks with an interception tackling is very secure. Nobody beat him deep. Um, angles were good from his perspective um, as far as angles on tackling. So that was, you know, that was excellent to see uh, Quentin and uh, Caleb Sanders mm-hmm. were causing uh, fits. Tolu had a great game. Obviously, the big sack late, sack, force fumble, stacker with the recovery. So really, really good to see a lot of different pieces contributing across the defensive um, levels to be able to 
go, you know, who are we giving this to? So congrats mm-hmm. to Quint. Congrats to Quentin. I know winning that from us uh, is going to make his week. So that's actually- <laughs> <laughs> hey, one, you, you mentioned Tolu inside. So we haven't talked about this yet, but I love what we're doing with this NASCAR package where we're shifting Tolu inside. And so it's Tolu and Sanders over the guards and then Winkleman and Hicks at the end spots. And I really love that package. If you watch that, uh, they're, they're really getting a lot of pressure when those four are on the field at a time. And I think that's a really creative way to use, you know, he's such a powerful young man and uh, you don't really want to take Reese or Quentin off the field either in those pass rushing situations. So it's a good creative use of personnel in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's got, you know, shiftiness that can give interior linemen fits that obviously he's used to deploying on left tackles, right tackles and things like that. Mm-hmm. So nice. All right. Well, we got through our rants and raves, the re- weekly reward, uh, weekly awards, and now um, we're going to dive into SIU. Um, so I got a chance to watch them, Matt, talking about offensive line play um, and Mason McCormick maybe being able to get uh, a Valley honor. It was incredible to watch Southern Illinois' defensive showing in the red zone mm-hmm. against, against what is a good offensive line in UNI. So a pretty good offensive line in UNI. So it was really, really, uh, actually that's the most impressive thing I've seen all year, to be honest, you yeah. know, uh, outside of UND, uh, just not beating themselves and playing really clean football and, and like magical football in terms of opportunities with gimmicky stuff. I think it's been really incredible to see what they've done defensively at SIU. I think this is probably the most complete defense we're going to see as far as athletes um, and then now starting to flow into their schemes because Northern Iowa was really running right through them. Uh, and then they were just, they just stood up, man, mm-hmm. stood up. So they had some yeah. cats playing, especially their linebackers. Their linebackers are going to be, they're going to be a lot. So we're going to have to come ready. Yeah. And, you know, watching, I watched the game this afternoon and the number of times when you and you and I um, just didn't block Anthony Knighton is was was kind of astounding to me. I know. Like he's been a, he's been an All Conference defensive end for multiple years. Yeah, and he he didn't get any worse during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we have to block him. Like that's a priority up front is getting him blocked. And whether that is is chipping or uh, I don't know I don't know because he's going to be lining up on. Uh, Greenfield, that's his side. And so uh, Garrett's going to have to have his chin strap double buckled and uh, be ready to go. I do think, though, there is opportunity, and this is going to kind of stink because uh, we want to get away with the love of the deep ball all the time. But I think that deep middle, you and I was able to get some chunk plays deep middle on their safeties. So that that could be an opportunity, um, you know, going forward. I don't know. We'll see. And then at the end of the game, that's how Youngstown was moving the ball uh, against against uh, Southern two weeks ago when they played, when they were trying to make that comeback late in the game was that deep middle. They were just hammering on it when they were driving. So, Yeah, and I, I noticed uh, Will missed a couple. Will McElwain, he missed a couple passes to the side pocket and deep deep middle as well. So, yeah, I think, uh, again – Maybe we maybe we test them deep and then we come back to Heinz across the middle again. Just being able to uh, weaken some of the things that they want to do with confident decision making from both Mark and the play calling. I think that's going to help us because they have they're going to run an odd front again, right? Three down linemen. They're going to run that Oki or Eagle front where the mm-hmm. backers are walked up. Um, on the line of scrimmage, you know, you got your will. That's a two way go. And if we have an attached tight end, meaning attached to our offensive lineman with his hand in the dirt, sure. That Sam is going to be walked up on him. I don't know a linebacker in the country that has that, that is even close to the height and length <laughs> that Zach Hine presents. You've talked about his catch radius. Mm-hmm. We need to go to that. Well, we need to go to that. Well, so. Yeah. That, I mean, they're, their linebacker, that Bryce Notre is a hell he, of a player. And yeah. he's got length. So I, yeah. as I say that, I, let's let's look at that, right? Let's see how they co- – because a lot of times they'll use that Sam to cover and carry him to the next level depending on the type of uh, coverage they're running. If they're running 
Dallas and I talked about a little bit if they're running quarters or if they're running some type of split, split field coverage. A lot of times teams will run a coverage to one side of the field as opposed to what they run in the boundary uh, based on the strength of the formation, the way the offense lines up. So it'll be interesting. Hopefully the Jacks can return to doing what they do as opposed to falling victim of, you know, the chaos, the smoke and mirrors, because essentially I can't stand this defense. Uh, it's just it's just not what I grew up around, but I'm starting to develop more of an appreciation for it um, because I, I personally I will I like the TCUD the four two five sure sure and I and I, I like seeing what the Jacks have started to do right I saw a little bit more nickel like you and I were talking about in the text thread mm-hmm. saw a little bit more nickel um, saw some some unique things I want to say it was this game uh, with the three three. Uh, a three-three look one time at least. So no, definitely because they we were bringing in extra safeties, and I I really liked that actually against a running yeah. quarterback like Wade. I think yeah. that is super smart. And, and a couple times that, we just needed to tackle, right? Right. Yeah, right. That's yes. We, yeah. So Kyle, in in our text thread, you said uh, that that you were that SIU um, has a lot of young talent. And then you corrected yourself yeah. and you said it's young talent that is actually now veteran talent. Yeah. And that's funny because when you look down this offensive roster, it feels like we've been talking about exactly. uh, Cox and Lenore and uh, Williams mm-hmm. and uh, Romare uh, Elliott. Rome, you know, Rome, for, yeah, Romare Elliott. Like it feels like we've been talking about those guys for years. And I know Williams is only in his second year, but um, Lenore and Cox, at least we've been talking about. And I think it was really telling on the ESPN broadcast, uh, the SIU announcers said that Nick Hill uh, has the goal to get the ball in Avante Cox's hands 10 times a game. And you can see why when you watch it. I mean, he's dynamic. They use him how we used Cade. Um, they want, they'll, they'll run the ball with him. They're, they're going to throw it. Uh, I did think super tricky you know, they've been running Javon Williams in that wildcat Dude. all year. And then he threw that 45-yard bomb to Cox. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, <laughs> I mean, so I I don't know where, where to start really. No, I, I really don't know where to start because I knew they were going to be pretty prominent offensively. And, like, I didn't – I guess I just didn't know if uh, – it's Coach Hill, right? Yep. Nick, Nick, Hill. Nick Hill, right? Yeah, he used to play there. So yeah, you probably I sacked him. <laughs> I, I would have loved to if I did. Um, we'll go with it. Yeah, I definitely sacked him. Um, it would it would have been nice to uh, to see him not be able to anchor in his talent, right? Because I was like, man, former player, he understands offense, creative mind. He's a young coach, so now he's getting some talent in. And I'm going to tell you what, man. Uh, Javon Williams is a is a problem. He's a problem. He's uh, you know, he goes at six two two forty five. They'll bring him in in the wildcat type type packages and if he he's patient enough to where he finds a crease and he'll rock and roll man once he hits that crease he, he's he's a load to take down he rocks number 15 we live in an era where everyone likes to compare guys and, and see who their comp is he reminds me of a Dak Prescott type body um being able to to really move the pile if he's getting into short yardage situations um there he is right there if, for those of you who have the video stream that you're watching He's uh, he's running right through what historically has been a pretty solid North Dakota State defense. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a load, and they'll use him not only in those Wildcat situations, but they'll get him the rock else mm-hmm. elsewhere in different formations. And and you know his the other running back we mentioned is Elliot, and uh, Elliot's actually had a better year than Williams yeah. this year statistically. I think everyone's keen on Williams, kind of like what we're seeing with Pierre. Um, and Elliot's shifty. He reminds me a shifty. lot of McLaughlin yeah. from Youngstown, who we just right. faced. And then their third running back is his last name is Strong, and uh, he can catch. I mean, all three of these backs yeah. can really catch out of the backfield too, and that's going to be something to watch. Nice hands on them. So, yeah. yeah. And a, a unique thing about this though is, is gonna, who's going to be delivering them the ball, right? Because yeah. they've had you know Kari Lyles is out, yep. um, and then so they've had. Uh, delivering the ball, Nick Baker. Um, and he's been a savvy player this year. He's, he's, uh, he looks decisive when he's in the pocket. He takes what the defense gives him. Um, it doesn't seem like he tries to be too forceful. Now, granted, I watched the UNI game. 
uh, in bits and pieces of the Youngstown game, but I did not watch uh, them get taken to the woodshed by UND. So I don't know what he did there or didn't do. I know Stone Labanowitz, uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't place why that name sounded familiar to me, but it's just because it sounds a lot like Mark Brandanowitz for the Parks and Recs fans out there. If you mm. guys watch Parks and Recreation. Uh, also it's pretty incredible that these are these this is a team that has two guys with the first name stone on their team that's got to count for something that's got to count for something (laughs) so dallas can you look up uh because in 2019 uh stone was their starting quarterback he actually beat lyle's out uh did that did his did the switch happen when we played them in 2019 did we knock stone out of that game I feel like it was either the game right before us, or it was our game uh, when Lebanowitz got dropped out or knocked out and they switched to Lyles. So uh, we'll, we'll see if the producer can pull that up for us. Highly specific um, request. Yeah, <laughs> but Baker Baker was uh, in a boot and on crutches as well um, in the yeah. third quarter of, of the game. So I don't know if we'll see him. I'm guessing it's going to be Lebanowitz and Javon Williams in the Wildcat. Um, and Lebanowitz, I mean – he he had some good mobility against you and I in the pocket. You need that against you and I. Um, you know, decent arm it looked like, and so and and, and he has starting experience. So it's not like he's he's coming in never have uh, played a Division One football game before. Correct, yeah. and I mean he beat FBS UMass, right? Like he he has an F. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. <laughs> still, they still get to play for bowls. If they win enough games, that's the that's the asterisk there. Is if they win enough games, so he beat UMass, um, you know, and he, he's he's had opportunities to come in and play in spot coverage here, and obviously he had to come in and contribute in in a very very important victory um, against you and I. So I, yeah. I like I like that they're depleted. I'm not gonna. Lie. I hope the guys aren't hurt, but I like that they're depleted because um, I think that you know when you're forced to limit your playbook with all the weapons they have. I think that can be good. Um, Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if we're, you know, keeping, keeping track of both things and giving the devil his due, it could be difficult because we don't have tape of what they're going to try to do um, if they're forced into exclusive wildcat stuff. So. And, and one thing that, that I was thinking too, watching you and I, you and I's defense is, is tremendous. Right. And I think our defense is also right up there. They, they really got a lot of pass rush on, on whoever the quarterback was. I mean, SIU's offensive line uh, in prior years, you know, they're, they're these shorter, squattier guys. Right. And Nick Hill's talked about this, so I, I'm, I hope I'm not like bulletin board material here. Um, they're built for a little more quick passing, quick hitting game, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. It was odd because that's not what they were necessarily doing in the passing game against you and I. Um, and they were taking some of these more slower developing plays and their quarterback was getting rocked. Um, so I don't know. We'll see uh, what, what happens, I guess, with our pass Russian defense and who their quarterback is, what game plan they try to roll out with. Um, but, you know, we talked again, um, watching that game against you and I, it, it was just shocking that, that SIU came back and won. Because watching that first half, you and I like whooped the snot out of them and was only up 13 to zero. And it's because they settled in the red zone um, and had to take three field goals, which one of they missed. And so they had six points off of, uh, or no, they had 13 points off of four or five trips to the red zone. So- yeah, five trips. And it was really, I mean, really. The game, the game could have been not even really as close late because they got bailed out, in my opinion, by a horrendous pass interference call, which I texted the thread. Um, the offensive guy is the one who extended his arms on him, if you watch the replay. But regardless of all that, um, again, just a tremendous effort by SIUSD because they then held them on three consecutive plays from the half-yard line. I mean, it took it took Hoosman, um, you know, just doing a 360 at an open gap that he almost got stuffed again on fourth down. So, uh, yeah. So it looks like Dallas, our producers got, uh, got some info here. Um, yeah. So stone got knocked out last year against Tennessee Martin right before us. Yep. So then, so then it would have been Baker who, who 
who uh, oh, saw it was, uh, it was Lyles that came Lyles, in. Lyles, that's right. Kari yep. Lyles came in. That's right. Because, yep. yeah, Labanowitz was jockeying with Lyles. That's right. Yep. Huh. So interesting. And and what happened at UND uh, when Lyles got knocked out there, they were having good success against UND moving up and down the field the first few possessions. Lyles got hurt. Baker came in. And uh, that's when, you know, that's the game UND had five turnovers. Ah. Um, and so I think uh, Lyles tried to come back in when he got hit, fumbled, and returned for a touchdown. And then he was out for the rest of the game after that. And Baker uh, just threw a bunch of picks. So yeah, that's the one thing that even the SIU announcers said. Uh, Baker will put the ball, uh, if, he, if he's the quarterback, he will put the ball in risky situations. So the interception is possibly there if he's if he's going to be at quarterback. So. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't going to be in Carbondale, I did enjoy the broadcast team that they had there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of other telecasts that we're going to see throughout the country, obviously we're partial to Midco. They do an excellent job. Hank and Tom on the call there, they're excellent. Um, the, the guys who are at Western Illinois, you know, the, the students, we've talked about them. You and I will suspect – these guys in Carbondale, they do a good job. So it'll be nice if you guys are tuning in. Obviously, you always got Tyler Merriam, um, Scotty Quaz, and then you got Alex Parker on the call there um, providing some color. So that's that's exciting, too, if you're going to turn it, tune into Jackrabbit All Access as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll wrap it up here, but a busy week uh, for us. You know, we, this podcast will be out on Monday. Um, and then we'll have opponent preview on Tuesday, Wednesday, or what's cooking uh, Thursday. The intern will have something great for us to read and uh, Friday are what to watch. And then the B team will come out. Uh, what Wednesday? When do they come out? Wednesday or Thursday? Now that they're not doing basketball anymore. Who knows? Dallas, you got, you got any insight on that? When's B team rock, rocking and rolling? I uh, don't have anything beyond football. So, so Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, the the, two, the football pod will come out. Uh, we were supposed to have Hank McCall on this show uh, tonight. He backed out, so hopefully they'll get him on Tuesday. They're a little we, salty about that one. We should we we got to get him on here so I can ask him how he grows such a full beard. Yeah, he he looks good, doesn't he? <laughs> he I, does. I, I, fully, I fully expect he's got to wear a suit. If he's coming yeah. on our show yeah. after you see him on the air, he needs to dress up and act the part <laughs> yeah. on our show too. Yeah, because it's sure. like a tease. Otherwise, like he's, I, <laughs> I, it's like I want to be taken out to dinner. Like dress up, <laughs> dress up. Yeah, and then Kyle, you'll uh, keep doing the great stuff on Instagram. Uh, what's the handle on that again, so people can follow? Yeah, uh, splitting underscore hairs. Um, and hairs is obviously a play on words like H A R E S. And then on Twitter, it's splitting with no G splitting hairs, uh, J I. So yeah, if you like, uh, if you, if you like hearing me or reading me, reading me, hearing, hearing, (laughs) seeing me, I don't know what you, uh, dang, I sound like a boomer right now, but, um, (laughs) No offense to any boomers. You're probably smarter than me. But, um, but when I tweet, uh, live tweet for games, it's kind of exciting. It's fun. I like engaging with the guys. And um, I don't know if I'll keep doing that because I like to kind of actually feel like I've taken in the whole aspect of the game. But if you guys enjoy that, I may keep that up. Uh, yeah, thanks following for following all of our handles. And, um, yeah, we appreciate yeah, fo- fo- Follow them there. And uh, hopefully this, this Saturday in Carbondale, he and I will both be – tweeting out some sort of inside information from the game. That'll be, that'll be a good time. And hey, make sure everybody, if again, if you listen, uh, you know, just, just catch us on, on whatever platform you listen to podcasts, make sure you follow us on all, all social media and, and share too, because we're trying to grow this thing. So make sure Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that, uh, make sure you follow us and, and, you know, make sure you're sharing content for your friends too. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to Emily Kranz too. Um, she, she gave us a great review and Guys, if you if you feel like giving us a review, we'd be grateful for it because that'll boost where we appear in the search boxes. I mean, I don't know. Uh, perhaps the casual fan will stumble upon it when they're looking for something else. So that helps as well. Um, we, we put in this uh, work for free and the analysis, and we would probably do a lot of it anyway, but we've really ramped it up to try to grow the footprint of Jackrabbit Illustrated and 
the splitting hairs team. So, um, yeah, we appreciate it. And before we go, we should, uh, we should do a little score prediction. Um, oh, prediction. of the week. Yeah. 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 All oh, right. Prediction. Uh, good guys win 30 to 27. I like it. You got a player of the game. Uh, player of the game, Mark Gronowski is going to redeem himself. And, uh, <laughs> Ooh, I like the haters. It. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. We're going to have more points than them. Uh, 27. Nope. I'm going to go 28, 21 jacks. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jackson Yankee. I think he's going to have a, a breakout performance. So I don't think they'll be able to cover him after seeing some of the, I mean, they'll be able to cover him. I'm not trying to create any material here, but <laughs> they, uh, yeah. So they'll cover him. He'll just make great plays. How about that? Yeah, that deep <laughs> middle, middle, that deep middle, yeah. Yeah. deep middle, baby. Good stuff. Right, I'm, I'm, yeah, hold yeah. on. I got a pick. I got a pick. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I'm on the screen here. Uh, yeah. Let's go. I'm going to go. Let's go a little bit of a goofy score. We're gonna go twenty-four to twenty, Jacks, mm. uh, and we're gonna we're gonna block an extra point. Ooh, I like and, it. And all right, Van I'm gonna take. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, easy, easy money. Uh, easy money on player of the game. I'm going Tetzloff. He's oh, okay. for me. You know, Bacchus is is flashy. You know, he's he's the he's the flash out there. But but I think when the dust settles at the end, you're gonna look back at all the numbers and all the games, and Tetzloff's gonna be just. Steady, you know, every game in and out, get it done. So that's what I'm doing. I like it. It's a great chance to uh, to get that taste out of their mouths too, man. Like the guys, you know, they're working hard. They're overcoming a lot of adversity. It's spring break week, so you got that distraction as well. So incredible job by the by the athletes and the coaching staff alike, man. Even there's always stuff to improve on. I just wanted to end with that positive note because good grief. Um, it was a, it was a rough one yesterday, but that's because we expect so much, and that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, great points, guys. This has been fun. Thank you for letting me still join, even though it was late. Um, you know, and with that, go big, go blue, go Jacks, go Jacks, go, go Jacks. <laughs> this has been the Splitting Hairs podcast. Remember to like and subscribe, as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> I think USD should fold anyway, but. A lot of that, I think, is a function of his ability, right? His just innate ability to, to cut and extend plays. And, but early on in a couple of the early series, definitely some good blocking attributed to that as well.